0: I'm My guest waiting. of the day is Jubinder Jeet Singh, special correspondent in the Tribune Chandigarh Bureau. He has two and a half decades of experience in reporting from Punjab, Rajasthan, Jammu and Kashmir and specializes in crime reporting. He's the recipient of the Prem Bhatia Young Journalist Award. Also a fellow, the Center for Science and Environment on Tribal Rights in Jammu and Kashmir. He has four books to his name and has the unique distinction of discovering Shaheed Bhagat Singh's pistol, which had been missing for 85 years, which we shall ask uh, of him at the end of this interview. The reason he is here is because there's a very interesting book that he's written called Who Killed Sidhu Museo? And who killed Musewala is uh, currently available on all on ground as well as online stores. It's basically the spiraling story of violence in the Punjab, something that Jupinder Singh has been reporting on for uh, years and years. Great to see you. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. You know, you haven't delved much into the life and times of Sidhu Moosewala, apart from you know snapshots in the beginning where you talk about his father, his mother and how he grew up, his father working as a fireman. It only comes in snatches but what you've gone into great detailing is the chase and the nabbing of the culprits. Was that done on purpose because you felt perhaps that fans of Sidhu Moosewala will already know about his life and times and what's more important is the crime angle and the crime story because you're a crime reporter.
1: Yeah that is partly true. Because Musewala was a very private person and the condition in which his parents were, they were uh, not very forthcoming. And similar was the case with his friends and other colleagues, music industry. Everyone was apprehensive. And because I was actively covering that case and I could not, you know, spread the word around that this is for a book or everything. So it's not a biography, right? It's a crime, one of the most heinous crime, one of the most brazen killing having taken place in Punjab. So it is a crime reporter's account, but you will find several, several facets of Sidhu Mussewala which are not in public domain. How uh, the professors in Guru Nanak Dev Engineering College, Ludhiana, remember him. His first music teacher, Harvinder Rattu, it has not come in public domain earlier. And similarly, how he used to play Kabandi, what his mother used to talk to him when she was combing his hair. So a lot of personal details are there. Yes, it has to be mainly a crime reporter's account because that is where all the questions are.
0: True. Interestingly, because Punjab police was involved, Delhi police was involved, and so many gangs which crisscross each other in the Punjab were involved, it was actually not a very easy task for the police to nab the criminals. I think what did help was a change of government at the state. I think the Ahmadmi Party government had just come in and they were putting a lot of pressure that this should be resolved as soon as possible. Also, it didn't help that Sidhu Musewala himself had contested for an elections and lost as a congress member so talk about the political aspect of finding the criminals responsible for this
1: yeah i mean actually Aadmi party government you refer to they were in power when the murder took place so they did not come to power after the murder so one of the major question is that why did they withdraw or prune the security of Musewala? and that is a controversy which has not been closed yet from the government's end there is still need, an explanation is needed. And I have raised these questions that why was this security pruned? If it was pruned, why was it made public? So government has its own defense on that, but there is no defense to making public. You know, there were 424 protectees whose details were made public. And if you listen to the media interviews of all the gangsters, they say that the moment we learned about the security withdrawal, we saw a window for us. And we struck. So that is the big political question on that. Our Admi Party wanted to reduce the VIP culture. It was a fad to have gunmen around you. Many media persons also had gunmen. Many others also had gunmen. Then there is, you know, everyone is not hiring a gunmen for status. Someone is really threatened. So at the same time, that was a learning curve for media also. Because after that, no one has published the security withdrawal list. We will just carry the news. And many vernacular newspapers actually wrote names also. So that was also, you know, I think uh, it was a learning curve for all of us also. And politically, yes, it is a hot topic. Still, it is a hot topic. Musewala was a congressman. I will not say that he was a congressman by heart. He was a congressman by choice because he was uh, navjot singh siddhu and prevailed upon him to join congress and navjot singh siddhu was looking as a cm candidate at that time so i don't think amamdni party offered him a ticket so there is politics definitely there is politics behind it
0: it's very interesting that for people who are not from punjab that you would actually list down the top gangs, 12, 13 of them, and really the antecedents of those gangs and the gang wars, because, you know, people who don't live their lives in Punjab, who don't keep an active eye on the gang wars, would have no idea that it's still so active, so prevalent. You also talk about student politics, you know, that emanates out of Punjab University in Chandigarh. And from this entire scene is where, you know, Lawrence Bishnoi also gains his fame, his notoriety for. He's 33 years old. He has reached a level in gangland where he's issuing threats to Salman Khan and he very openly uh, turned around and said that I made sure that Sidhu Moosewala was killed. So a little bit on Lawrence Bishnoye, Jubinderjeet.
1: Yeah, he's a a big question on the system. He is being accorded VIP status. And there are two facets to him. One as a criminal. So as I said that he's being accorded VIP status. He appeared in a media interview in the month of March. Just, uh, you know, two, three days before Musaywala's first death anniversary, which is observed after 10 months, you know, as per our uh, cultural rituals. So why was that interview timed just before the death anniversary? And who organized it? He was, uh, you know, in Bathinda Jail. The first interview came, the Punjab police denied. And the second interview, he said, he talked about uh, the Bathinda Jail and the Punjab Jail. He was wearing the, you know, the T-shirt which was found from his barrack. And uh, those media interviews, I have not been able to interview any person from jail in my 25 years long career. And why only Lawrence Vishnui and two back-to-back interviews? So, there is someone, you know, who is influential enough to organize stuff for him. This can't be organized by a media person on his own. If Lawrence Bushnui is calling a media person from the jail, so then he has got access to a phone. How has he got access to a phone in a maximum security jail in Batinda, where the police say that there are no mobile towers in that jail? In fact, I have been to that jail, uh, you know, before COVID. There was a scheme to teach chess to criminals the inmates and i have been part of that and so i have been to that jail inside and yeah the mobile uh, network doesn't work so where was the interview conducted and all that then the second part of lawrence Bishnoi is that he is openly threatening one of the greatest stars you know salman khan and what action has been taken on him sometimes you know rana police is taking him then gujarat police is taking him then nia police is taking him end result is nothing he is the vip tourist These days, the interesting facet about Lawrence is the becoming of Lawrence Bishnui. You see, his uh, family owns 110 acres of land, and 110 acres is huge. In fact, most of the Punjab gangsters owned plenty of land, so they had no dearth of money. They always had money. They are not into this because of money. They are into this because of influence, because of some kind of, I would say, you know, some kind of inverted hero worship or something, which is a psychological problem. So he goes to DAV Chandigarh after plus two, is pretty good in studies and suddenly he enters student politics and he enters into a brawl. The brawl happens, he's booked and then the system just let him degenerate. And establish his, degenerate as a human being and let him establish his network. So my book also raises this question that how do we prevent future Lawrence Vishnu is, How such a promising youth? It's not that he was wronged in some way. There was a brawl, you know, student politics. And after that, there is the, is that if once you are booked in a case, is it a point of no return in India? Where is a kind of reformation? Where is the, you know, psychological help for such students? So that is a big question I've tried to raise and of course you had earlier asked me about the criminals and shooters and how they are interlinked with other gangs and interesting statistics in punjab is that there are more than 200 members of some 10 prominent gangs prominent gangs are 10 otherwise the gang if you go into the offshoots and all that there are 500 plus that these are the official figures and most of the gangs have leaders in punjab but the shooters come from haryana or NCR region. Whether it was Vicky middukheda case, whether it was Shidhu Mussewala case or any other case, the Kabaddi player Ambiya's case, the shooters were from outside. So this is this cocktail of gangsters which is a huge cause of worry for us.
0: And it's very unfortunate that disgruntled youth take to arms And you mention in the book that each youth was paid only 75,000 rupees to gun down Sidhu Musawala. How sad is that? That it's just 75,000 rupees per person. They go in two cars, a Corolla and a Bolero, and they mow down this young singer. His music itself and lyrics in particular, you were right. Sidhu Musawala, formerly known as Shubdeep—that that is his childhood name, his birth name, was very shy. But the music, the lyrics spoke about terrorists, gangsters, guns, you know, some of them are about folklore, idiom, history and things like that. And a lot of those lyrics did really upset people, whether they were holy folk, some of them were followers of Sons. So this kind of gun-toting gangster culture of rap, there are two sides. One is rap and hip-hop is supposed to be protest poetry rhythm and poetry and the other is the gangster culture that it speaks about. Is this something that happened after Sidhu Musawala went to Canada or was it something that he had already started doing when he was in Punjab?
1: You are absolutely right about this. Uh, Musiwala's growth happened when he went to Canada and he was exposed to the Western culture. He always wanted to be a rapper. That was what his first song also was, which he learnt in Ludhiana. And his idol was Topak Shakur. And that is where his last ride, you know, all the inspiration came from that. And sadly, he met the same fate. So, yes, you know, Canada gave him access to modern technology. He's a guy who's come from backwaters of Mansa. And he is creative. He can write his songs. He can compose. He has the music also. And he has the lyrics also. And he was somehow, he knew what will sell. In Punjab or, uh, you know, in the northern part of our country, there is this, you know, people here are always in search of some kind of hero. So Musaywala tried to become that hero. The path was not right. In fact, I was also among the journalists who have criticized his lyrics, the gun-totting which you rightly said. And, uh, you know, he faced four FIS because of that, for hurting religious sentiments, for encouraging gun culture encouraging violence. So he suffered for that. And by the later part of his career, you know, when he returned from Canada and the farm laws agitation, that brought him, I think, some maturity in him, where he was becoming alive to the real issues of our present times, of whether it is for of Punjab or whether it is of youth. So he was a rebel and that's why he became a voice of the youth.
0: It's very, very sad to know that the drug and gun culture, I mean, is so prevalent still. Is it because of the arms and the drugs that are being pushed across the border from Pakistan that this continues? I mean, commercial movies like Urta Punjab have been made on it. You have been covering it extensively, the crime side of things. Do you think it's because of the active pushing of drugs and weapons from across the border?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yes, of course, uh, you know, we have about, you know, more than 500 kilometers of border with Pakistan and we fall in the golden triangle and Punjab has been a transit point of drugs since 2007. Yes, drug culture is there, very unfortunate. We have lost very precious lives to it. There is a police criminal nexus, police drug smuggler nexus into that. Most, uh, you know, worrisome is that the gangsters and drug smugglers had joined hand with some terrorist organizations and if if there is one consignment coming, so it will have drugs also, weapons also and fake currency also. So this cocktail is very bad. However, the part of Mansa Bhatinda, it is a part which has traditionally been known as the part of opium and poppy husk users. They have the you know vicinity with Rajasthan where opium cultivation is licensed by the government of India. So opium is not very difficult to get opium in that region. Traditionally, opium has been kind of an energy drug or something. So people have been used to it and I think that is where it later on developed into drug culture. It is uh, like Musewala personally has been against drugs. He has actually songs and a lot of debates and arguments he made when he was being questioned for uh, encouraging gun culture, when he was questioned for questioning some practice in different religion. So then he asked that I have never ever shown alcohol, cigarettes, drugs in my videos and I never ever talked about them.
0: Another very disturbing aspect is the musicians and gangsters nexus. I mean, musicians in Punjab are making a lot of money. Gangsters are offering them protection in return for copyright or payment. I mean, everybody, even though we live in Mumbai, it's the entertainment capital of India. Everybody knows that the Punjab pop, and the whether it's a Bhangra or a rap or a hip-hop industry, indie pop industry in Punjab is worth crores and crores. And there seems to be a connection between gangsters and music artists. Can you talk to us about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is definitely there. You know, what was happening to Bollywood in the 1990s is happening in Punjab now. Though there has been some kind of uh, control by the police, but I don't think so. It's a very complete and full control now. I would say that the years 2014 onwards were really bad. If you want to trace the rise of gangsters, you have to go back to, you know, 1995 or 1996 when terrorism ended in Punjab. And then there was this rise, you know, rise of some gangsters who were connected to gangsters like Muhammad Ansari in UP and some others also. So they learned the tricks from those gangsters. And in 2014 onwards, there was influx of a lot of drugs. And some gangsters had suddenly donned the white uniform. They had become politicians. And they were kind of running this drug trades. That is where the gang wars also started. And so much money came in. And if you see the growth of Punjabi film and music industry, also coincides with the same period. Suddenly after 2012, you see so many Punjabi movies coming up. Before that, you will not see any Punjabi films. And just off and on, you will see, you know, one good movie in a year or something. Then, you know, every week there is a Punjabi movie coming up. So where is that money coming from? I would not say that the GDP of the state is, if there is such, you know, GDP of a state, it is too good or something. So that was a question. There were a lot of other scams also which involved. And many movies were about gangsters, you know, about the life of gangsters. They were like autobiographies. So that is a big question here also. And if you see, there have been more, several FIRs about threats by gangsters i have access to a number of audio calls recording of number audio calls one of the audio call i have mentioned in the book also where a gangster is threatening one of the singers who shared it later after the death of that gangster he shared with us so it is a huge problem it is a huge challenge for the police and of course for the industry also it's not that everyone is in hand in glove with gangsters i would say a few but these few are you know their presence is quite disturbing.
0: Yes, that's really sad, uh, in fact, I got goosebumps and my heart missed a beat when you describe Balkor saab who's uh, Sidhu Musawala's father, how he still wakes up in the morning, goes to his son's thar, the vehicle in which he was shot and cleans it, then walks to a Siddhu Musawala statue in the village. It's very heartrending for family to lose a child, a young son because of things like this. So we can only hope and pray that the situation improves. Uh, would you like to uh, talk about some heroic cops, you know, cops who really went out out of their way beyond the call of duty to nab the criminals who killed Sidhu Moosewala.
1: Yeah, of course, would not have been possible if Delhi police had not got involved into this because there was suspicion that the gangs were probably connected with the Delhi and NCR region, the national capital region. And HGS Taliban, who was heading the special cell, he deserves, uh, I mean, he was the one who actually caught the first uh, shooters. And the Delhi police also released about uh, posters of eight suspected shooters However, out of which only three were proved right and five were not involved. And they were never uh, arrested in this case. At the same time, Punjab police was doing, because Punjab police had to handle a lot of things, not just catching their criminals. There was a potential law and order problem in Punjab. There was, you know, people were gathering in Musa village, you know, thousands and lakhs of people. There was anger and it could spill over any time. There was already the Dera Sacha Sada issue and, and some other, you know, we had just a year before we had seen sacrilege cases and target killing cases. The government has changed. So there were a lot of issues in Punjab. Am Party has changed the police unit which was handling gangsters. So that change was in transition and most of the force, I would say, was not in the right place. But still, within 24 hours, I think the man who supplied the, you know, Bolero car was nabbed. And the anti-gangster task force, I would specifically name the head Pramod Ban, Sandeep Goyal. And of course, two officers who have I have extensively mentioned in my book, which is uh, Gurmeet Singh Chauhan and Bikramjeet Singh Brar. So these two guys are the persons we reporters go to when we have to understand gang culture. So they have made very elaborate maps and everything about the gangs. Who is in which part? Which member is common to which part? I mean, their studies is phenomenon and that's why I call them encyclopedia. Same is with the uh, Argovin Singh Taliwal, the Delhi, I mean, when I met him, I mean, that that was the guy who had all the information on the back of his palm about these gangsters. And there was every chance, I think uh, the police, not just Punjab, Haryana and Delhi, they prevented at least three to four strikes on Mussewala before this incident happened. This was just, you know, some window that everyone was slacked. Everyone, you know, was slack like there, and that's where this incident
0: happened. Uh, guys, I would urge you to go and pick up the book. Uh, it's called "Who Killed Moosewala." It's written by Jubinderjit Singh, and it's available online, on ground. Please go to your friendly neighborhood bookstore or bookstore website, shopping mart, and order the book. It's an absolute thriller, and it's all real life reporters and crime reporting. But well, before I sign off, I have to ask you about the unique distinction of discovering Shaheed Bhagat Singh's pistol, which had been missing for 85 years. I think that will be a nice way to round up this interview.
1: Yeah, yes. Bhagat Singh Ji is, is my icon, not just my, but of every Punjabi and of every Indian. So he had killed uh, J.P. Saunders, British police officer on December 17, 1928. And he was hanged on March 23, 1931 for the assassination along with the Rajguru and Sukhdev Ji. So, all his case uh, property, all things attached to Bhagasing, including grenades, pistol, his clothes, his books. And there are about, you know, 350 plus books which he had read in just less than two years in jail. So, such a phenomenal person he was. All those things were supposed to be, uh, the British police wanted, the case was going on in Lahore. British police wanted all these exhibits to be taken to police academy floor, which is in present day Punjab. It is in Jalandhar district. It is on the banks of Sathloes. It is housed in a small fort made by Maharaja Ranjit Singh. So British police wanted to teach this case to their cadets as an example of British justice saying that if someone will kill one officer, we will kill three of them. So, they were doing this for morale boosting of the force and also this was the first case in which forensic experts were called in. The first case where the forensic examiners were called in India. So, that is why the, how they investigated and everything, though there was no investigation. The only investigation they did was to match the bullets and the pistol, which actually proves, the you know, use of this pistol. But unfortunately, you know, that pistol was not in Fillore. There were some media reports in 2005-2006. Later on, also that the pistol is not there. So I started researching going backwards where the pistol is. If it is in not in floor, it will be in Lahore. And I mean, it took a lot of time and it was just from one clue, the number of the pistol. It is a US semi colt automatic pistol and it is still usable. You know, you can still shoot someone with that. And the number was 168896. It was from that number that my discovery started. And I found out that till 1968, it was actually in Police Academy floor. It reached there around 1946. The Lahore Police was supposed to transfer in 1931. They took 15 years to transfer it. And then, you know, it was lost. Maybe sometime it was, you know, on display in floor, but those were different times. And then 68, it is suddenly transferred to BSF Museum in Daur. So all those files, you know, it was... With great difficulty that I could get that, then, you know, reaching Indore, finding it. And eventually, with all that efforts, when the news came, so the Punjab government got activated. They wanted the pistol back. And so now the pistol is displayed in Hosseiniwala. Wala, you know, especially for Mumbai listeners, is a place where Bhagat Singh's last rites were performed. It is right on the border. And if you have heard about Vaga flag ceremony, you know, which is world famous, then you must know that there are three such ceremonies which take place in Punjab Delhi. One is at Vaga, then at Sadiq, and the third is at Hussainiwala. And if you are planning to visit Vaga, you try to visit Hussainiwala or visit Hussainiwala. Because the ceremony here... It's like moustache to moustache. There is no gate, there is no wall. They are into, you know, a finger distance with each other. And this is very raw flag ceremony. You must go there and anyone can go there and anyone can see that uh, pistol. This is a place where Bhagat Singh's memorial is built. Bhagat Singh Ji, Rajguru and Sukhdev. And Rajguru's family, the Sukhdev was a Punjabi, from Ludhiana, Rajguru is from Pune. So they often visit that place, Prime Minister Modi, Home Minister Rajnath Singh. And every leader worth his soil have visited that place. So it, that's how that pistol was found and I thought of, you know, penning it down. I thought of that, you know, it will be maybe a good academic book for journalists because I'm an investigative reporter. But when I was writing it, I realized that I don't know Bhagat Singh. I read more about him and I have tried to put what was his ideology. And Bhagat Singh was in, in his own way. He has preached non-violence to us. And why has he preached non-violence? You must read that book. It's available in Hindi. English edition is out of print. I mean, you can see that, but English edition, please wait for that. Because prominent publisher is coming up with that. Hindi edition is available everywhere. It's Bhagat Singh's
0: Pistol. And English, I imagine when it comes, it'll be Bhagat Singh's Pistol. <laughs> also. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. If people want to follow you, are you on Twitter? Are you on Facebook? Or can they write to yes. you an email ID or something?
1: Yeah. yeah, I can be easily found by my name, Jupinder Jeet Singh. Jupinder Jeet is one word. And uh, yes, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn and other platforms. Wonderful.
0: Thank you so much for this conversation. Really a lot of facets came to light and a lot of learnings for me. Cheers.
1: Thank you. Thanks a lot.